0: Next on BYU Sports Nation, who is the toughest opponent left on BYU's schedule? Or more appropriately, what is the toughest? ESPN's Trevor Manich on how BYU can overcome a highly scrutinized strength of schedule. And how the Cougs crack the top ten. Plus, our latest top five non-P5 power rankings. There's a newcomer in the trending list. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation presented
1: by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU Radio and BYU
0: TV. Now from Studio B, your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Aw, yeah. BYU Sports Nation back to work on a Monday on your radio, television, and other media machines. Presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Monday, September 29th. My name is Spencer Linton. It's almost October. And I am teamed up with the man, Jerem Jordan. Nothing else to you say. You couldn't there. think of anything nope, today. No, I could not think of anything. Actually, I, I could. Two I just, days
2: away, and you're like, oh, I changed really? How I didn't want to do, do things, that because
0: man. because you were gone on Thursday and Friday, and so I thought I would give you just a normal welcome back. No, I think you didn't think of anything. That's what I. Think I really did think of something. I was going to say BYU volleyball clothing model, but I was oh. like, nah, eh, yeah. I'm yeah. glad you didn't go with that. <laughs> Wait, you brought it up. When does this begin? Let's start over. Three, two, one. <laughs> Okay, wherever and however you're dialed in, great to have you with us. The bye week is over.
2: Yes, I didn't. It was nice to be away a little bit, right? Get a break. A let's, let's no, it wasn't. Let's play some let's football play. again.
0: Let's play. Let's get BYU back on the field. They will do so this Friday and all royal out. It's going to be great. The BYU Sports Nation Karma adds another chapter to its already long of story tradition of awesomeness. Camry Godfrey Willardson of BYU Women's Volleyball came on the show. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say she doubted it, but she was kind of like, "Yeah, okay, whatever." And then she may have produced the highlight of the year in volleyball. Maybe it's. It might be a play of the year nominee just for all sports for the UI awards. Nice. It was that. It was that good. You can so see what, that. So what was it? Well, let's see. How can I? I can't. I can't do it justice by explaining it. Uh, but hey, I try. Play
2: by play. Why don't you describe the
0: play? Okay, <laughs> Portland on the kill attempt. They hit it right at Jen Hampson. She she reacted by setting the ball. It mm-hmm. went backwards out of bounds. Tia Withers Welling saves the ball and bounds right in front of me on the broadcast table. Yeah. Okay, so it was amazing Play, that she always have to mention it right in front of me. She even got to the second it was amazing they even got the second hit. Then Camry, diving out of bounds away from the net, about a foot off the net, somehow puts it back over the net, not just getting it back over, but scores the point. That's awesome. Yeah. That is, is called. A kill. And that's called BYU Sports Nation Karma. Join our conversation 24-7 using the hashtag BYUSN. Get involved with today's Twitter question. I know you all have an opinion about this. What does BYU need to
2: do to overcome its strength of schedule? Use the hashtag BYUSN. We're going to talk about this today. BYU's opponents ain't hooking no brother up right now. So, at low pointers, BYU football can overcome SOS by winning each game by at least 21 points. Creating sports center highlights and have the D-line go beast mode. Mm. That's one way. Style points. There's one person on Twitter told me today, hashtag substance. It's not (laughs) style points per se. It's substance. I think it's all of the above.
0: BYU Sports Nation simulcast and beautiful radio vision on BYU Radio and on BYU TV. Rise and shout on this Monday. It's time for What's Trending. What's Trending in BYU Sports Nation. Topic one. Overcoming... Strength of schedule. First things first, BYU up to number 18 in the AP poll. They jumped two spots in the bye week. They also jumped two spots in the coaches poll from 21 to 19. This is the highest the Cougars have been ranked since 2009. Also, the longest consecutive streak that BYU has been in the national polls since 2009.
2: The simplicity of winning, people. The simplicity of just winning. The Cougars, or
0: just being on a bye week. Yes. <laughs> the Cougars now hold the number 16 spot in the ESPN power rankings, but... Oh, so powerful! You're going to want to take those off in a second oh, okay. after I read this. Yeah, yeah. To quote ESPN, the Cougars had a bye week to prepare for Utah State, but their toughest opponent will be their strength of schedule or lack thereof. Agreed. End quote. Agreed. The NFL.com, Something similar. Also have BYU at number 16 in their college football rankings. But with this little tidbit, 12-0 season beckons, but that schedule impresses no one. It impresses Marshall, who plays uh, Akron in Central Michigan. So what can BYU football do? How do they overcome this now trending nationwide subject that, well, yeah, they're winning, but they haven't played anybody.
2: That sounded like the opposite. Like, are those the red goggles? Maybe. <laughs> I like, don't oh, uh, anybody. <laughs> <laughs> whose voice is that? I don't know. It's no, it's that guy. You're right. It's an issue. And listen, there's a few things. Obviously, win, and then win big. We've talked about it. Win big. That is the answer. BYU's opponents are are not doing anything for BYU. We th- during the summer we said this schedule is pretty good because BYU's playing the best of the rest. Guess what? Boise State, UCF. Utah State, thanks for nothing. Thanks for nothing. Now no, have no. Jack squat hey, for BYU. Hang on
0: a second. Hang Ten on a second. Ten of BYU's
2: twelve opponents have two plus losses right now. The others: Nevada at three and one, and Cal at three and one. Cal should be four and zero. Oh. They lost Arizona by pulling an SMU nineteen eighty. BYU uh, can't control their strength or lack thereof of schedule. However, they can win and win big. I've been saying, though, that winning big is too big a standard, and I still feel that way. Just win each game. Just do that.
0: I am the first to admit that winning every game, going undefeated, is That's so difficult. That's hard enough.
2: Stop thinking every game is going to be like Texas. That's a peak moment, not an average.
0: However, this BYU team as at a different talent level than they have been in the recent past. And when they well, beat
2: more than eight wins in a season, possibly when that's they
0: not beat huge? Texas by thirty-four, you see what is possible. If that's you beat a peak te- te- moment, if you beat Texas by thirty-four, why not beat everybody else by at least fourteen?
2: Okay, I feel, yes, yes. To me, a fourteen-point win is not a blowout. I think we're talking twenty-plus here. Okay, maybe, maybe we put it at seventeen-plus. If BYU beats everybody else by double digits, at least double digits, that's tremendous. Style points is what East Carolina did at North Carolina. You put up seventy; they gave up what thirty-five in that game, thirty-one. But they, you do something that gets your attention on paper. Not everyone's going to see BYU's highlights. They might because they're ranked on SportsCenter. But if you don't, you look at the box score and you go forty-one to seven at Texas. Wow. That's the difference between BYU's win against Texas versus Utah's win against Michigan. Michigan's worse than Texas, but it was a 16-point win. What if it had been a 34-point win? Now that pops a little more for the Utes. Who blew it against Washington State?
0: Compared to everybody had else, to throw that in there. where is BYU's <laughs> strength of schedule amidst the top teams in the country? Well, it's, it's really not as bad as you may think. It's, it's the best of any non-P5. It's better than <laughs> East Carolina and Marshall. So why the fuss? You know what? And I'm gonna walk you through who BYU has played and where they I love the
2: phrase you just used. That was great.
0: Where they are ranked according to Paul Meyerberg of USA Today Sports, who did a re-ranking of all the college football teams and their strength of the schedule. Yukon, okay. one twelve. Okay, you right, win by right. twenty-five. Great. Texas fifty-two, you win by thirty-four. Might be your best win all year. Houston, probably. seventy-three, win by eight. Virginia fifty-three. So Texas and Virginia, 52-53. You win both of those games. There are 128 FBS college football teams. So the cutoff point, the midway point, is 64. Mm-hmm. BYU has a number of games. Let's see. The field of 64. One, two, Wait. three, four, five, six. They have seven of their 12 games against the better half of college football,
2: but zero in the top
0: 49. Cal's
2: 50. Right now, that's BYU's best game on the schedule. Isn't that weird? Cal? Who went to You're, OT
0: with Colorado? We were like, oh yeah, laughing stock of BYU's Power Five schedule, Cal. Now they might be the toughest opponent left on BYU's schedule. I don't know how good Cal
2: is, though. They beat a terrible Northwestern team. But R- Northwestern right beat now. Penn State, right? Yes. And they win that game? Yes. And then went to OT with Colorado, beat what, Sacramento State or something? I don't know.
0: BYU can win. They can control how they win. Yes. And Taysom Hill being a Heisman candidate helps them so That's even though they point. only win by eight he's a distraction he's like oh yeah they're po- winning and he's
2: awesome a positive distraction yes yes in fact I wouldn't call it a distraction I would call it something else I, I don't I don't even know because it's not a distraction it's relates to what BYU's is doing and isn't it weird that Taysom getting all this Heisman hype he's not doing anything crazy it's because he's a physical freak so people love
0: it people love watching Taysom Hill play with Taysom Hill in place, BYU 4-0, ranked number 18 and 19 in the respective polls. But they just need to keep winning and they need some help from the other teams on their schedule. This is only the second time in 5 weeks that BYU's opponents have had a combined winning record. And that brings us to the stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation Stat of the
2: Day. 24 and 28. BYU's opponents overall record is 24 and 28. That's what I'm saying. BYU strength the schedule, what we thought was really good uh, or, you know, solid. It wasn't as good as last year, for sure. BYU played a good schedule last year. But this year, I'm telling you, it sets up in BYU's favor. It's better that BYU have a little bit of a weak schedule so that they can go undefeated. The chance, And I'm going to say this clearly. The chances are that BYU doesn't go undefeated. It's so tough. They're, you're one-third of the way through. Do I want BYU to go undefeated? Sure. But the point is to stay undefeated and stay in the national conversation, which is what BYU wants to do. BYU's ahead of other uh, undefeated P5 teams, say TCU at 25, Arizona, Georgia Tech, out not in the polls but undefeated. BYU's BYU's getting respect. Just keep winning. Style points desired but not necessary. Just win.
0: Just win. It's not that BYU is playing bad teams. Some they're, of them are bad. They're just playing teams that are mediocre or usual powerhouses like Boise State. Yeah,
2: come on. Boise State lost at Air Force. Come on.
0: They're just having, they're having down seasons. The overachievers thus far, surprisingly, Virginia, Nevada.
2: Nova- I've watched like two or three of Nevada's games. They, looked, they look all right. And it's going to be a better game with BYU. Yeah, Cal can put up points. Defense is atrocious.
0: Control how you perform and then see what else happens. Let's, let's not Just forget win. this either. Let's not forget this. We don't know what BYU's strength of schedule will be until the end of the season. Right. But there's, I mean, you
2: have a minimum of two losses with 10 teams already. Already in week five. But we like don't it's, know. Tr- it's really troubling already. Like, UCF, get it together. BYU needs UCF to be good.
0: Boise State. Great. What? Come on. What if Texas goes 8-4? and four? Boise State finishes 9-3. and three. UCF finishes 9-3. and three. We don't know. We don't know. So let's...
2: Chances are they don't, because they already have two losses.
0: It's that's our job saying. to prognosticate, but essentially, we we can't tell you what BYU's strength of schedule will be until everything plays out. So but that's when the real debate begins.
2: No, it, no, the debate happened right here we were talking about. It. They're struggling, and that's not good. What does BYU
0: need to do and to overcome? that is a scientific fact. That is not a fact. What does BYU need to do to overcome its strength of schedule? Let's go to the Twitter machine.
1: It's winter time.
0: At Dilly Dally. Nice. <laughs> Taysom needs some great games slash stats. Yes. yes. Yeah. Take the attention, Taysom. That's good for BYU. When media talks about how impressive he is, wins will look better. Yeah, that's the... the point we just made.
2: Yes. If BYU can win by double digits, maybe that's the goal. Just win by double digits. 8-8, eight, eight, you're kind of getting there. If you attack on a field, go another touchdown, prevent a touchdown, something like that, then you're in a more comfortable position because you're climbing in the polls. Obviously, these polls don't matter as much as the one that comes out in 27 days from now, which is the college football playoffs first poll. Then all of a sudden, all those other polls just dither away. They just don't matter, although we still will mention them because it's tradition. But when the College Football Selection Committee produces a poll, I'm interested to see where BYU fits in that. Because that gives you an idea where they think BYU fits Human element in the semifinal conversation, which BYU is not getting into.
0: Also trending in BYU Sports Nation, 11th ranked BYU Women's Volleyball. Making a case to get back in the top 10, their 2-0 in West Coast Conference play after sweeping Portland in three on Saturday. And BYU Women's Soccer don't look now. After a rough start, have won five in a row.
2: Yeah, nicely done. At, at Zach Hicken, he helped us out with some of the stats for the uh, stat today. We appreciate
0: his input. a boy, Zach. Way to bring it. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, it's another Madditch Monday. How do the Cougars get into the New Year's Six? It starts with the top 10. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan back together. Live from Studio B, follow the show on Twitter at BYU Sports Nation. Thursday is BYU Basketball Media Day. Tune in to BYU Sports
2: Nation for a special two-hour edition of the show. Dave Rose, Kyle Collinsworth, Tyler Hawes, Anson Winder. Stop it. Anson Winder. (laughs) We'll be on the program It's this Thursday, October 2nd. From 12 to 2 Eastern time.
0: Today's Twitter question, what does BYU football need to do to overcome its strength of schedule? Use the hashtag BYUSN. It's a Monday, and you know what that means during football season. Trevor Maddich of ESPN back on the program. Trevor, welcome back for another Maddich Monday.
1: Great to be with you guys.
0: How does BYU overcome its strength of schedule?
1: BYU cannot overcome its strength of schedule by itself. The easy answer is they need to dominate the games, and that will be harder to do than they'll get credit for. If they do dominate, people will say, well, they should. But people that know football know that the remaining schedule is tough, and this whole schedule has been tough. So far it's been tough. These are, these are hard teams to dominate. But if BYU does their part and dominates, that's one side of it, but that won't be enough. They'll need to also get help from people above them losing. And the good news for BYU is that right now they sit at 18 in the AP poll. And the, the polls have nothing to do with what the selection committee will decide at the end of the season. But they're all we have right now. And keep in mind that there are two goals to get to. The first is the 14 playoff. And it'll be very hard to get there. It's theoretically possible, but they could a more likely possibility would be to play in one of the New Year's Six Bowls. And in order to do that, they don't have an automatic bid because they're not considered one of the group of five. The highest ranked of the group of five, the non-Power Five conferences, will get an automatic bid. BYU would be the highest ranked there right now, but they're not considered in that group. So what they'll need to do is get into, for six bowls, at least ranked 12th in the nation, but preferably up into the top ten. And if that's the case, the selection committee – has the the authority to select them as an at-large selection to play in one of those big New Year's, New Year's Six Bowls, the equivalent of the BCS Bowls in the past. And so they're 18th now, and a lot of teams ahead of them play each other. A lot of the SEC West teams are up ahead of them, for example. Starting big this week? Uh, yeah, this week there's a huge elimination. The playoffs already begin in the SEC West this week, and it'll be the first week of October. Great point. Uh, and you've got Alabama playing Ole Miss. LSU is playing Auburn, Mississippi State is playing Texas A&M, so those teams will in some ways take care of themselves. But you ask, how BYU, can BYU overcome their schedule? Not by themselves, but if they don't do their part, then nothing else is even in the conversation.
2: Yeah, make sure you have a DVR this weekend for general conference and college football. It's going to be fantastic. Uh, Trevor, if BYU is undefeated after the regular season, are they in the top ten? I believe they would be
1: in the top ten if they're undefeated at the end of the regular season. Uh, They've got a very good chance. And, again, the reason is the teams ahead of them will end up with a loss or two, Mm -hmm. and that will give them a chance to be able to move up in there. And so are they one of the ten best teams is a different question. But would they be able to be ranked in the top ten just because of the cannibalization of some of the best teams in the country as they face each other week in and week out, I think BYU has a chance. It's not a guarantee, but they have a chance. Now, having said that, I know that Bronco Mendenhall and his staff are cringing listening to this because they don't want their players thinking that way.
2: I'm just glad they're listening. On our
1: radio show on Saturday, College Game Day on ESPN Radio, the host told me, he said, obviously the goal in any given game is, is to win for the players. And I said, no, that's not the goal. The goal is not to win the game. The goal is to win the next play. Then win the next play after that. Your universe is the next play. If you are fully mentally dialed in the way you need to be, then look up at the end of the game, see what the score is. And that will take care of itself. So right now, we as fans love talking about these possibilities and we should. This is part of the fun of college football. But, boy, the staff, they want to insulate their players from this kind of thinking.
0: Trevor Maddich, ESPN College Football Insider, BYU Football National Champion in 1984. You can follow him on the Twitter machine, at T. Maddich. BYU has Utah State up next, Trevor. The Yaggies kind of look like a shell of themselves. Chucky Keaton is back. They expect him that he'll probably play. What do you think of Utah State now with Chucky Keaton coming off of an injury and coming into Provo this Friday?
1: Well, Chucky Keaton is always a threat, but coming off of that injury, injured the same knee, that, that he hurt against BYU last year. And he probably won't be the running threat that he normally is, although BYU will have to prepare for that as if he were that running threat. The, the real thing about Utah State is their defense. I mean, their offense has not been very good this year, not up to their standard. But their defense is the best in the conference and the best in the Mountain West. And they're very, very good at getting after the quarterback. And so that's something that plays into one of BYU's Uh, areas of need for improvement is protecting the quarterback. And so really, I think for fans watching this game, all eyes will be on Chucky Keaton because he plays the glamour position, but being dinged and with less talent around him than he had last year, the real game for fans to watch is once again at the line of scrimmage when BYU has the ball because Utah State is very, very stout there.
2: Is BYU in a must-blow-out situation then this Friday on ESPN against a perceived lesser opponent?
1: You know, I—that's—I I, yeah, love the way you put that. <laughs> a must blowout situation. I never heard that said before. <laughs> Let's and, and relish that moment. That was—that was awesome. A new term has been born. A new—a new, a new can, unfair expectation has been born. Hey, you can uh, use that
2: on SportsCenter if you want.
1: Okay, I'll, I'll credit you for it. though. that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's really awesome. Uh, The—but uh, are they? The answer is no. If they win in advance, survive in advance. Remember that there's really very little that BYU can do themselves, as long as they win, to get themselves into a, a place where they'll be considered for the New Year Six. They also need teams to lose above them. But if those teams lose, then just surviving and advancing should be enough. Now, it's better if they blow them out. It's better. Yes. But, but there's still a lot of football left to be played.
0: It's so hard to win every football game. There are only I... 17 undefeated teams left after four or five weeks of the college football season. That's
2: how I feel. I I feel like winning with substance or style points is just too hard to expect. I think BYU beat Texas by 34. All of a sudden, the standard went up. Yet, BYU's in a position where they could do some special things. And Friday is the next game. And and Friday's a bigger deal, Trevor, because BYU's going to play the Royal Blues. They're on a Friday on ESPN. And Jim McMahon, your old teammate, his jersey will be retired, the number nine, and he'll be in the Hall of Fame. What does that mean to you as a former teammate that finally Jim McMahon gets that formal accolade with BYU? I,
1: I love it. You know, and he, he finished his degree, which completed the final, the final uh, brick in the wall that's required in order to do it. And Jim McMahon is one of those, one of those fulcrums that helped to propel BYU to what it has become. You know, there's the, the the long list of great quarterbacks. You know, going back to guys like Gary Scheide, Gifford Nielsen, Mark Wilson, then Jim McMahon, then followed by all the rest of them. Jim McMahon I played with, and he he was more than just a quarterback. He He was the kind of leader that inspired not just belief but full-on knowledge that no matter what happened, he was going to bring us back and we were going to win the game. I always felt like no matter how far we might be trailing, Jim McMahon would know where to put that ball so that we would win. As a matter of fact, very famously in the Holiday Bowl against SMU, the Miracle Bowl, uh, we uh, had a fourth down late in that game, and the coaching staff was calling the offense off the field for the punting team, punt team to go, and we were down by 20 points, or uh, maybe not down by 20 at that point. Anyway, we were down. And Jim McMahon famously said, no way, we're going for it. So they said, okay, to the coach's credit, okay. And then they converted that first down, and we went on to win that game. And so the, the, the aura of McMahon goes beyond the records. I mean, for goodness sake, one year he was on the cover of the NCAA record book, Jim McMahon, because he had shattered over 80 records the year before. Wow. And so, so I think because of everything that he meant to bring BYU, not just wins, but to a national consciousness of a national brand. Uh, I'm very happy for him and for the school for this moment.
0: Trevor, where were you on the field during the 1980 Miracle Bowl comeback when he let that pass fly?
1: I was on the sideline watching it. Uh, The starting center, I believe, was Bart Oates, 1980. Bart Oates would have been the starting center. I was his backup. I was standing on the sideline that ball went up in the air and when it came down into, into Clay Brown's hands, Bedlam like I'd never experienced <laughs> before as a young naive football player and everything was bigger than my capacity to fully grasp because I was still just a kid. I was just a just a kid. And and I tell you what, the 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 idea of big time college football was driven home to my emotion in that moment.
2: Have you ever mentioned that to uh, Craig James or Eric Dickerson at all? Craig James, Craig James is still mad about
1: it. I was a teammate of his. I went from BYU to the Patriots, and he was our running back. and And he's he's still <laughs> upset about that. I mean, he's still mad about it. When you talk to him about it, he gets that game day look in his eyes. He just face all curls up like he just just you know swallowed a dill pickle, and and he's <laughs> mad. He's still mad. You know, which I think is awesome. I just love it that we we've been able to generationally. Uh, affect the emotions of the people that we have
0: crushed. It's awesome. We talk about Jim McMahon and Steve (laughs) Young and Bosco, the succession of of great quarterbacks, but how about Bart Oates to Trevor Maddich? Are are you guys left under? Are you not enough in the radar or in the spotlight? The the center position.
1: Yeah, that was a pretty good run. And Before that was Scott Nielsen, 220-pound center. Uh, 220? 220? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, he was two twenty, and he he might have been the best of all of us.
2: Wow,
1: uh, he lives down in Arizona now, but Scott. Yeah, and he still looks like he could play. Scott Nielsen is one of those guys that has never aged, never aged. But he was a two hundred and twenty pound center for a team that he helped propel into the rankings. You know, a BYU team, one of those pioneers when nobody ever heard of BYU. And you know, for us, it was easier because we were maintaining what the momentum that guys like Scott Nielsen had uh, had built. But you're right, that center position had a good run. By the way, one of our coaches. Was Mel Olson, who was a great center at BYU. So this is, uh, you know, that position has always been solid.
2: I see Mel around campus. He's still in the exercise science department here at BYU. Uh, yeah, Mel was one of the unsung heroes, along with Roger French. Those two guys, because
1: our offensive line is is <laughs> you know, for all the the credit that the quarterbacks and receivers got, our offensive line was phenomenal. I, I look at old tapes of what we did. Now I look at our technique and our execution. And we did things from a scheme standpoint that were really not sound because one-on-one we could get it done. We didn't need help. And really nobody else does what we did to this day uh, that I see in college football. So, And that's one thing that this offensive line needs to develop into because there's a lot of young guys on this offensive line. And I think the future is really good. But in order for BYU to get to where they want to go this year, the offensive line needs to continue to improve because as it sits right now, BYU is one of the, the worst teams in the country in protecting the quarterback. I mean, they're 106th mm. in sacks allowed. And that's not all on the offensive line. Because you have a mobile quarterback, a lot of times he'll take off. Uh, and so the offensive line gets a lot of grief. They actually play much better than that stat. But one of the points of emphasis is to get more protection from that unit.
0: ESPN College Football Insider Trevor Madich with us. It's another Maddich Monday on BYU Sports Nation. Okay, Trevor, you have uh, clearly a national perspective. You travel around the country, and the hot topic is the first year of the playoff. If the playoffs were to start today, who would you put in as the four teams making the semifinals?
1: If the playoffs started today, the first team that I'd put in is Alabama. I think they're the best team in the country. Roll Tide! Um, Roll Tide, you bet. Roll Tide. And after that, I'd go Oklahoma, then Oregon, and then the team that Oregon beat, Michigan State. Now, the teams no behind Florida them are State. really sure. Yeah, I, I, yeah. no Florida State. And you know what? I do not have Florida State in my top four. And I feel fantastic <laughs> about it. Fantastic. <laughs> if you didn't know Florida State was the defending national champs with the reigning Heisman Trophy winner, you would think that Florida State was a very average ACC team. And the ACC hmm. might be the worst of the Power Five conferences because they their offensive line returned four starters, We thought they'd be one of the dominant units in the country. They can't protect the passer. As a matter of fact, in the second half of their opener against Oklahoma State, Jameis Winston, the quarterback, was throwing the ball off his back foot even when there was no pressure because he didn't trust them to protect him. Florida State can't run the ball. Florida State's defense gives up yards and points in buckets. All this is something you don't expect from them, but they are playing poorly. Poorly. And they are not in my top four.
0: Trevor Maddich on BYU strength of schedule, preparing for Utah State, the national playoff perspective, and on Jim McMahon. Great to talk to you, Trevor. Always delivering on Maddich Mondays.
1: Great, guys. Thank you.
0: Trevor Maddich, get in the top ten, and now you're in business when it comes to the New Year's Six. BYU football, just win. There's nothing they can do about the strength of schedule, but they can win. Up next, BYU defensive lineman Remington Peck back on the show. He joins us live after practice. This is BYU Sports Nation. Must blow up situation. Rise and shout, Cougar fans. This is Taysom Hill, and you are listening to BYU Sports Nation. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation with Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan, broadcasting in crystal clear radio vision on BYU Radio and on BYU TV. Download the show podcast on iTunes or subscribe to the RSS feed on BYU
2: Cue the music. Hey, one lucky fan will win a trip for two to the 2014 Miami Beach Bowl or whatever bowl BYU plays in. There's the music. With our BYU Sports Nation, take your fandom to South Beach contest with LeBron James. What? No. All you have to do is follow at BYU Sports Nation on Twitter and then post a tweet using the hashtag BYUSNMiami. The contest ends October 4th. That's this week. Why am I wearing the tank top and you have the t-shirt? That doesn't match. play to radio,
0: man. What do you mean? They know what I'm talking about when I say that? Not if they haven't seen it. No, well, you're right. Now they do. You described it. Well done. Come on, man. Joining us now live after practice, friend of the program, defensive lineman Remington Peck. Remington, what's going on, man?
3: How much, guys. Thanks for having
0: me. You bet. What did you do during the bye week?
3: <laughs> well, after practice Friday, I headed up, uh, hit the mountains, and uh, went hunting.
0: Of course you did.
3: That's
2: what you do. What did you hunt, and how did you do? Um, I it was deer. It's a muzzleloader deer hunt, so I shot a
3: deer uh, Friday night. And then pretty much sat in the trailer the rest of the weekend because of the rain. <laughs> Listen, yeah, it did rain a lot.
0: I love jerky. Can you can you deliver some jerky to BYU Sports Nation?
3: Hey, definitely. I make my own jerky. Do I'll have really? to get you some. Yeah. How okay. long have you been doing that? Ah, uh, for a few years. Nice. A lot cheaper that way. Absolutely.
2: Hey, Utah State coming up this week. Uh, you're from South Jordan, so you know about the Aggies and Cougars. You know, no Utah on the schedule. Does this does this replace that at all for you guys since you don't play Utah?
3: Yeah, I would say for sure. I mean, there's uh, especially the in-state guys. You, you know what I mean. You have a lot of relationships. You know, most of the team. Uh, my brother actually played there for the last three years, so uh, it's uh, it'll be fun. It's, a, it's an exciting game, one that you know we always look forward
2: to. He's not on the team anymore. He graduated. No, yeah, he's done now. So. Gotcha. Do you have any uh, old Bingham High teammates to play? Yeah, for Utah I do. Uh, LT Filiaga. He transferred yeah. from Utah, so
3: he's their starting backer now, and uh, it'll be fun. And then obviously we know a lot of guys there, so.
0: What kind of family trash talk took place when uh, your brother was playing at Utah State?
2: Oh, man, it was a rough week, especially after the game.
0: <laughs> did your parents
2: have, like, those half
0: T-shirts?
3: Yeah, they did. They actually split the jersey in half, so it was pretty cool.
0: <laughs> Junior awesome. defensive lineman Remington Beck back on BYU Sports Nation. How do you prepare for a guy like Chucky Keaton? I know he's coming off of an ACL injury against you guys last year. He tweaked that knee again, but they expect him to play. What kind of Chucky is BYU's defense preparing for?
3: Um yeah, I'd actually um we heard something different today. I heard they're actually medical redshirting him. Wow, um, really? As of Now. But um I mean that could be different if he is there. I mean obviously it's a whole it's a whole different deal with his legs. He's uh, he's very good on the ground and so you almost you have to play and prepare more for a two-dimensional quarterback.
2: So you're not preparing for Chucky to play Friday?
3: Um as far as we know, um um as far as last night they announced that they're medical redshirting him.
2: Hmm. Um but
3: I mean, I feel I still think we need to prepare just in case he doesn't. You know.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, how do things change if if Chucky's not there?
3: Yeah, I don't know their uh, their backup number ten. I don't know his uh, his name, but uh, he's he's really good with his arm. He's got a great arm, great passer. Um, doesn't have the legs that Chucky has, and so I think they'll they'll go to the air a little bit more um, if that's the case. So.
2: Do you really not know the names of guys? It's like just the jersey number? Or you're like, yeah, number that's ten, Dar- Must that's kill number D- 10. Daryl <laughs> Garrison, yeah.
3: I mean, some guys I do, you know, some guys. But, yeah, I don't know him.
0: When, are you on the, like, how do you implement hunting into your football game, Remington?
3: <laughs> it's actually rough. Last year we practiced, uh, you know, we practiced in the afternoons. And so me and a couple teammates, we'd go a lot in the mornings. Um, but now we play, we practiced in the morning, so we'll have to make it a, a nighttime tradition.
2: Michael Elisa, uh joined the program last week, and he told us that practice was actually really hard during the bye week. Was that the case, and did that surprise you?
3: Um, I think a little bit. They were smart with guys, you know, that had some injuries and and getting them feeling better. But uh, like Coach Mendenhall, you know, he made a he made a point at the beginning that other teams are are practicing and getting better, and that we needed to do the same. And so I think uh, the way they handled it was smart and that we did make strides during that week. But I would say, yeah, it was a little harder than normal.
0: Remington Peck, junior defensive lineman for BYU football on BYU Sports Nation. We've talked about Utah State's quarterback situation and the key injuries up there. Today we heard that Jay Drew uh, of Salt Lake, the Salt Lake Tribune is reporting that Nick Kurtz practiced. Also we want to know about Bronson Kafusi. Can you update us on those guys?
3: Yeah, I saw um, Bronson practice the whole practice. Um, uh, he was, uh, for the most part, I think he did well. He said he felt good. I asked him after practice. And then uh, I know he didn't do individual, but he did do the team. And then uh, Nick Kurtz, I saw him out there, but I'm not sure how much he did.
2: Uh, when you look at uh, this upcoming game and kind of the pass rush has been a conversation that we've had, uh, Michael Lisa said, hey, we found two sacks, you know. But in the box scores, zero sacks the last 111 pass attempts or whatever the last two games. Do you guys feel like the pass rush is where you want it to be? Uh, th- from the last two games?
1: Uh, not even
3: close, to be yeah. honest. I mean, it just seems like me personally, you know what I mean? I've had a lot, a lot of opportunities and just haven't capitalized. But it's like here at BYU, there's such an emphasis on the run that sometimes we, you know what I mean, we almost forget about pass rush. And so there's been a huge emphasis on that the last couple of weeks, and I uh, hopefully we'll see a big difference with that.
0: You may have been reminded a time or – 8,000, that BYU is undefeated for the first time since 2008. <laughs> Wait, what? 4-0, and ranked 18 and 19 in the two polls. Is there positive pressure related to being undefeated?
3: Um, I would say so, you know what I mean? I think uh, this team, I've said a lot of times before, but this team just seems a little different. The camaraderie and everyone, everyone the excitement, is still the same as it was at, at game one. And so I think we just try to keep that streak alive, and really not even focus on the streak. We uh, we talk about a one-game season, and it's just Utah State right now, and we'll worry about the rest later. So uh, yeah, I would definitely say it's positive.
2: We've been conversing about uh, the strength of schedule, how BYU's opponents are doing, and how, what that means, you know, nationally and the perception and votes and polls and whatnot. Do you guys care at all how how your opponents do? Do you want them to do well or not? Do you not care?
3: Um, to be honest, i personally I don't really care. I mean, I. I'll, I'll watch it or something if the game's on. But, um, I, uh, you know, you hope they do well just for that reason. And I, uh, I feel like we've played some good opponents that will, that will do well. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out.
0: Remington Peck, junior <clears throat> defensive lineman on BYU Sports Nation, preseason all-independent first-team player. Remington, you were number 44. I wanted to ask you this for a while. How did you pick number 44 as a defensive lineman?
3: Yeah, so in uh, all growing up and in high school, I, I didn't play line. I, uh, I graduated from Bingham, and I was like six five, two fifteen, and I, I came here as a tight end and an outside backer. And so I started at tight end my freshman year. I went to outside backer and then went on my mission. And by the time I came home in one off season, I put on like thirty five pounds, <laughs> and so that's kind of how it happened. I, uh, I was never a defensive end. I was always you know a tight end or outside backer. And so when I put on the weight, I just decided to keep the number.
2: We heard that uh, if you don't have a clean locker, that you have to do a 100-yard <laughs> roll. How many of those have you done this season? Remick? Uh,
3: I've done none. Oh, nice. I, uh, I had the privilege of doing that my freshman year, and it's probably one of the worst conditioning <laughs> exercises there is. So.
2: Who is the biggest culprit of having a dirty <laughs> locker on the team?
3: Um, I don't really know, to be honest. I know who has the cleanest locker, and that would be Ross.
2: Ross Oppenheimer. Uh, that, who most, gives
3: free haircuts. He is the most organized person you'll ever meet.
2: Are you going to have a haircut from Ross Because I really think that would change your look. Uh,
3: I don't think I am. I'm uh, <laughs> Not quite into the Mohawk style. So.
0: As you look at Utah State and, and now you come off of a bye week, uh, last year the bye week came at an inopportune time, if you talk to Bronco Mendenhall, between Texas and Utah. Do you feel like, yeah, we, we needed it this time around?
3: Um, I, I I think we needed it physically, you know what I mean? I feel like we needed it to get some people healed up and to become healthy again, but uh, mentally, I feel like we're still real hungry, you know what I mean? We're not at the point where, you know, we need a break yet. We need to, you know, let us rest up a little bit. We're still excited to play and get out there, Mm -hmm. and so, yeah, I'd say a little bit on the physical end.
2: Remington Peck is on BYU Sports Nation. What do you think of wearing the Royal Blues this Friday?
3: Man, I'm excited. It brings back the Bingham days and uh it'll be it'll be exciting. I love the Royal Blue.
2: I went to Copper Hill, so I'm not as excited about the way that you answered that <laughs> per se.
3: <laughs> hey, it's okay. not I think your record's about 0 and forty against
2: Bingham. <laughs> hey, we got one a couple years ago. Oh good not, deal. Yeah, yeah one. <laughs> Congratulations. One. And then and then of course Jim McMahon uh in the house, you know, and and everything that comes along with that. What does that mean to the team? that he's going to be there uh, on a Friday night against Utah State?
3: Yeah, man. I think uh, you know the tradition that he set in place, and we, we try to carry it on, and BYU you know, focuses a lot on the people that have gone before him and uh, what they've done for the program. And so we'll, we'll try to play our best and make those guys proud and keep the tradition alive.
0: Remington, you have a younger coaching staff, and I say that compared to the rest of college football, but mm-hmm. guys like Garrett Tujay and Mark Ottawa and Jason Beck, how has the younger vibe, and then you throw in Zach Nyborg, the director of football operations, and Jeff Martin recruiting? How has that younger vibe helped BYU football in 2014?
3: Um, I think it just uh, helps us, you know. What I mean, almost modernize, just because those guys understand how it is to be our age. Those guys understand, you know, it is what it's like to to live the college life um, in today's world. And so, and then with Zach, you know what I mean. He understands what the fans like. He understands social media. And I think it just helped us all around, you know what I mean, become more modernized and um, stuff like that.
2: You guys use iPads for film review and that kind of thing. Describe kind of the process of uh, what you get and when you get and what you're asked to review and all that.
3: Yeah, so uh, if you're in the too deep, you get an iPad. Um, and oh, okay. Basically, basically how it works is uh, there's a thing called PlayerLink, and it's just an app. Um, and so everything's filmed, every drill, every everything during practice. And so... When you get in from practice, if you have your iPad in the locker room or if it has Wi-Fi at your house, the practice and all the clips will already be uploaded on your iPad, and then the coaches can select certain games to go on the iPad. And so, like this week, there's every one of Utah State's game this week and um, this year, and then our game against them last year. And so, you know what I mean. You pretty much can watch whatever you like, and coaches will have you watch certain things at certain times.
2: Wait, are you asked about that? Is there like any kind of quiz or conversation about that ever? Um, every
3: once in a while, I think for the most part they trust us. But like today, Coach Hall in defensive meeting, he asked you know a few of us what we had what we had learned over the weekend from Utah State by watching film, and so stuff like that you'll have to answer. But
0: Remington Peck on BYU Sports Nation, great to have you with us, my friend. Uh, glad you made it back safely from your hunting trip, <laughs> the rain soaked hunting trip, and we want. Some jerky. That would be awesome. All
3: right, man. I'll get it to you. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks. Sounds
0: good. What does BYU need to do to overcome its strength of schedule? That is our Twitter question today.
2: And I, I don't know how Remington Peck knows that, but if you missed it, he told us that Utah State, uh, ex- I don't know where he heard it or how he heard it, but Remington Peck said that, Chucky Keaton's gonna medical yep. redshirt. Wow! So we have. Wow! We need, we need to confirm that information. Matt Wells, Utah State head coach, will be on the program Wednesday. Wednesday, I believe. So we can check with him. Uh, and and uh, someone on Twitter mentioned that Matt Wells on a radio show that said that he might play this Saturday. But if I'm Utah State, and that's actually the plan, and maybe it is the plan, I hold those cards until Friday, and then you see Chucky in three clothes. He could even dress up, but he doesn't play.
0: Daryl Garza. That would change the game. Darryl Garrison won a bowl game for Utah State last year. Okay? Against. Yeah. So he's, he's still capable. He's, yeah, he's, he's still, still capable, but wow, this that is some big time news. We're looking into it. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, the top five non power five rankings. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. A loaded Monday show in radio vision. We had Trevor Matic of ESPN just talk to Remington Peck starting defensive lineman for BYU. He dropped a bomb saying that Chucky Keaton will medical redshirt according to the information he received at practice today. We're
2: we're not sure how he knows that. We're waiting to confirm that, but that's interesting news. Hey, coming up this Saturday, 11 a.m. Eastern time, uh, BYU Sports Nation on a Saturday, a special hour-long show. I'm calling it the General Conference Pregame Show. But we'll recap what happened against Utah State and look ahead to uh, Central Florida, which is around the corner.
0: Do you have a problem if I call it Countdown to Conference? Nope. Someone else might. <laughs> I've been calling it that since we announced <laughs> it, that's for sure. What does BYU need to do to overcome its strength of schedule? Use the hashtag BYUSN. at Dave Farns said, if they lose, strength of schedule means nothing. That's hashtag correct. Rome wasn't built yep. in a day. Yeah, And that's the reality when of it. When in
2: Rome, Elder Mika.
0: It's time now to unveil our latest top five non-P5 power ranking. It's, it's a growing tradition on Mondays. It's the top five non-P5 power rankings on BYU Sports Nation. Starting us off, and we I count from return. five to one. Let's go. Number five, Cincinnati. The Bearcats played well for about three quarters against Ohio State in the horseshoe. Ended up it. losing by 22, 50 yeah. to 28. Yes, 22 point loss. They take on Memphis in an intriguing matchup later this weekend. BYU's likely bowl opponent to some Cincinnati. And next. Number four, Nevada. The Nevada, Nevada. Wolf Pack debut in the top five now in Power Five what? at number Four. They beat San Jose State. They beat Washington State. Who they were competitive beat
2: with Arizona, Utah,
0: Arizona. and they were competitive with Arizona. So yeah, big and game this week
2: against their rival, Not Boise UNLV. State. Boise Donkey Teeth. Boise State.
0: Who do you want to win that game, Boise Sports Nation? Boise Nevada State. or Boise State? Boise
2: State. Nevada has no street cred.
0: Let's keep it rolling.
2: Number three, Marshall. Marshall. Marshall.
0: All right. All right. All right. <laughs> yes, Marshall's. Off a of bye, number three at Old Dominion. They have the weakest schedule of any college football team in America. No, I don't know that. What's, but, what's Old Dominion's? But, mascot? but one of them. That. The monarchs, dude. Oh, nice. The monarchs. Oh, okay, say, but DC they have Raheem Cato. He has an incredible story. He's a good player. Marshall's still number three. Who's up next? Number two. ECU. East Carolina. Arr. The Pirates are legit,
2: man. They're good. Okay. Okay, some some uh Explanation here: the best, the group of five champ that is the highest ranked gets into the New Year Six. BYU has no guarantee. East Carolina has an easier path than BYU. Some people thinking East Carolina is going to win the American and they'll be in the New Year Six, so they're number two. Then BYU could play Cincinnati. I think BYU could play East Carolina as well.
0: East Carolina hosts SMU this in weekend. They will win seventy to nothing. SMU is horrible, and East Carolina is a really good football team. Only loss at South Carolina early in the season. And finally.
2: Shockingly at number one, BYU. <laughs> <laughs> oh! Oh, no! Oh, no! Double
0: goggles. Oh,
2: no! undefeated! Double goggles. I've never done this. Oh, my goodness.
0: BYU with a 38.2% chance to go undefeated, according to sportsratings.com. They that are 4-0, and coming oh, off no. of a buy. bye Next up, Utah State on Friday on ESPN. ESPN. 8:15, Mountain time start, late start. But you better believe they're going to be recapped on college game day on Saturday morning. The number one team in our top five non-Power 5 rankings, <laughs> BYU. Where's
2: Boise State? Where's UCF, Losing Man. to Arizona
0: State. Come on! UCF could potentially get back and They play Houston this Thursday.
2: That's an, And then uh, Arizona at Oregon.
0: Thursday is going to be awesome! What a week of college football. Up next, the Cougar Whiparound. We'll get you up to date on everything else you need to know. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Welcome back to Studio B, Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Loaded Monday show. Good grief. Uh, Remington Peck earlier telling us that Chucky Keaton, Utah State quarterback, will be medical redshirted. That is what he has heard, but we want to reemphasize that is not official.
2: We're not sure how he knows that, but short- man, is that interesting. i mean. It could happen this week where Utah State decides that, but that's yet to be official. So interesting stuff from Rem- Remington Peck telling BYU Sports Nation that Chucky Keaton is going to medical redshirt. If I'm Utah State, I do it. I do that. I want to try get and get him, him healthy, healthy. Keep
0: him around. Granted, yeah. this
2: will be the third season in four that he's been hurt in some way.
0: You feel bad for him because he's such a dynamic athlete. I w-
2: yeah, I wish he was fully healthy. He's fun to watch.
0: That said, you know what time it is? I do.
2: It's time
0: for the Cougar whip Around. Football.
2: BYU moves up two spots in both the national polls. 18th in the AP poll, 19th in the coaches' poll. BYU plays Utah State Friday night.
0: Women's volleyball. 11th-ranked BYU swept Portland in three sets on Saturday, led by 15 kills from the All-American Jennifer Hampson. BYU now 11-2 on the season. They play against Pepperdine tomorrow on ESPNU. Soccer. Elena Baderos
2: got the scoring started for BYU in the second half Saturday against SMU on the road. Ashley Hatch scored two goals in three minutes, and BYU won 3-0. A five-game win streak now. Awesome. The Cougars begin
0: WCC play at San Diego Friday. Golf. The BYU men's golf team placed three golfers in the top 20 and placed seventh at the Tucker Invitational in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Breaking bad. Joe Parkinson, our boy. Joe Pop, And Cole Ogden, both tied for 14th, and Jordan Rogers in a tie for 17th. Coming up later this
2: week, guests on the show. Steve Young, yes. Dave Rose, Tom Homel, Tyler Haas, Kyle Collinsworth, Matt Wells, Utah State head coach. We will ask him, is Chucky Keaton going to use his medical shirt or not? Holy, I bet he says holy no. Holy cow,
0: that is a great list That's pretty of guests. Good. That's pretty good. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter help when you need it most, DexterLaw.com. We just talked about them. BYU Women's Soccer. We're on a rare three-game losing streak. Now have one five in a row and all in convincing fashion. Well done, ladies. Friday at San Diego. Big game. Twitter question today. What does BYU need to do to overcome its strength of schedule in football? you got tweets. At BYU Buckeyes. Win and do so convincingly. Put the hammer down and win in Doman slash Staley fashion. A.K.A. win by... This is for you, Jam. 17 plus. Love
2: it! At Jomo 1408. <laughs> dominate every game. When you play well, your talent will be noticed and judged accordingly. That last tweet reminded me of the following. I looked this up this morning. When's the last time BYU scored 30 plus in the first four games? 2001. 2001. 2001. Interesting. Doman Staley. They were 12-0 at one point.
0: At Barber BYU. Win, win, win. No matter what. Hashtag everybody hands go up. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's the bottom line, is win. Stay in the so conversation tough. nationally. And it doesn't matter whether Chucky Keaton or Daryl Garretson's a quarterback. You've got to beat Utah State and beat a by As many as you can. Hey, thanks to Trevor Maddich, Remington Peck, and everyone on our crew. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram
0: at BYU Sports Nation. The show on demand on BYU Sports and BYUTV.org slash DDR. Download the podcast. Just do it. For Jerem, I'm Spencer. Shout out to Dustin Gabriel, BYU Sports Station, back at it tomorrow at noon Eastern. Aww.